Today, I'm talking about a pretty hot topic. My perspective is probably going to get more than a few people upset. I'm okay with that. I don't like making people upset, but I will hold my ground and I'm allowed to have an opinion. And so I understand that there's a few people who might get upset, but just hear me out, okay? The topic of today's episode is intermittent fasting. Extremely popular. It's touted as a cure-for-all, right? Promises of helping with hormone rebalancing, weight loss, resetting the immune system, and more. As a health coach, I've seen this lead to eating disorders, a fear of food, weight gain, thyroid problems, and way more. It typically also works better for men than women. I'm going to define what intermittent fasting is, the mistakes I see constantly being made, the different methods out there for intermittent fasting, the good, the bad, and the ugly of doing it wrong, who it is and is not a great fit for, the three methods that have been studied and shown to work, and my five tips for successfully intermittent fasting if it is something you and your doctor decide is good for you. Welcome to the Therapeutic Food Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Marion Mitchell. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, therapeutic diet expert, and founder of The Road to Living Whole. There are many different diets out there. It's hard to know which one is right for you with your chronic illness and autoimmune disease. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you the foundational pieces every single therapeutic diet out there shares, and also how to use the best one for your particular diagnosis. If you've been looking for a meal planning partner, help navigating the complicated healthcare system, and want to feel better quickly, I'm your girl. Grab your kombucha notebook, let's dive in. Intermittent fasting, also known as intermittent energy restriction, is an umbrella term for various meal timing schedules that cycle between voluntary fasting and non-fasting over a given period. It's not my favorite tool in the toolbox, mostly because of what I see happening. The things that I see happening are people overdoing it, breaking their fast incorrectly, not prepping for intermittent fasting at all, using it as a diet versus a tool to improve health, and doing them when their hormones are already off, and this includes adrenal fatigue. Now, there are many different methods out there, and I want to run through them really quick with you. The first one is the 16-8 method. Fasting every day for 14 to 16 hours and restricting your daily eating window to 8 to 10 hours. It's a pop, the popular approach is do not eat anything after dinner and skip breakfast. Within the eating window, you can fit in two, usually three, and if you're really adventurous, four or more meals. Women tend to do better with shorter fasts, like 14 to 15 hours versus 16. Uh, You can drink water and coffee and other zero-calorie beverages during your fast, which can help reduce feelings of hunger. This is not a free ticket to eat whatever you want when you break your fast. 
Another method is the 5-2 method, also known as the fast diet. You eat normally five days of the week. The other two days, you calorie restrict to five to 600 calories. On fast days, women get 500 calories, men get 600. Calories can be broken up into two meals that day, 250 each for women, 300 for men. On the other days, you eat normally and hopefully healthily. There are no studies done testing this method. And then there's spontaneous meal skipping, not time or day based. You just skip meals when you're not hungry or don't have time to cook. This also does not give anyone a free ticket to eat junk food or make up the calories in, for the missed meal. There's alternate day fasting. You fast every other day. On fast days, you have a couple of options. You fast from all food, completely restrict dietary intake to 500 calories on those days. Many studies on intermittent fasting use this method. The next one is eat, stop, eat, a full 24-hour fast once or twice per week. Some will do breakfast to breakfast. Some will do dinner to dinner. Water, coffee, and other zero-calorie beverages, beverages, I can't say that word, <laughs> are allowed during the fast, but no solid foods are permitted. You eat normally during your eating periods. Some start with a 16-8 and then move into this method of fasting for 24-hour periods. There's the warrior diet. Small amounts of raw fruits and vegetables during the day. One huge meal at night. Basically, you fast all day and feast at night within a four-hour eating window. Food choices are pretty similar to a paleo diet. Whole, unprocessed foods what it's got going for it all right so those are the different fasting methods that I've seen out there that are popular um, I've seen others that doctors and other professionals put on but these are like the big ones right almost everyone I've met and this is usually like consults or clients or things like that who say that they intermittent fast are doing it wrong it's actually extremely frustrating for me because the consequences of doing it wrong are so steep. Um, a few things to keep in mind is that while studies show that there are short-term fasts can actually boost your metabolism, but if you do fasts that are three or more days long, it can actually suppress your metabolism, which leads to weight gain. And I see this more commonly in women than I do in men. But I have seen it in men too, where like they'll experience 30, 45, 60 pounds of weight loss. So then they do it more and more and more. And they do it for longer and longer periods. And then all of a sudden they start gaining weight and they don't know why. And it's because you're suppressing your metabolism. I also see people doing fast as a family. Kids should not fast. Kids should not fast. I've also seen female hormone dysregulation. So this means um, missing periods, fertility issues, adrenal issues. I've seen women who had no thyroid issues develop thyroid issues, okay? Fatigue, and then triggering of eating disorders, even in someone who has never had an eating disorder in the past. The consequences of doing it wrong are quite steep, and most people do it wrong. However, when you fast correctly, 
there is a lot of good that can happen. Human growth hormone increases. Insulin levels do decrease. It decreases insulin resistance and thus lowering your blood sugar, your A1C, right? It can reduce inflammation. Some studies have shown reductions in inflammatory markers. It may help those with quote-unquote bad cholesterol and triglycerides. It may have a positive impact on heart health. Intermittent fasting increases a brain hormone. It's called BDNF, and it may aid in the growth of new nerve cells as well as being protective against Alzheimer's disease. And intermittent fasting has been shown to extend the lifespan of rats. Okay, so when you do it correctly, there's a lot of benefit to it. But again, most people do it wrong. Let's talk about who is not a candidate. If you are underweight, not a candidate. If you have a history of eating disorders, if you have any sort of hormone imbalance, if you are taking hormones, you have adrenal fatigue, you're on thyroid meds, not the time. If you are pregnant or breastfeeding, not the time. If you are under the age of 18, I would even say under the age of 25, it's not good for you. Now, there are three that are good options, right? Again, but you have to do them correctly. So you can do daily 12 and 12. So that means you fast for 12 hours and then you eat for 12 hours. So like Let's say you have breakfast at 6 and then you're done eating by 6 o'clock at night. That would be acceptable. Women do really well on this one, by the way. The other one is two days a week, not five, not seven, not three. Two days a week, you can do a 16-8 or an 18-6. And then the other days you eat, but you, only two days. That's all you get. Two days, not back to back. So let's say you did it on a Monday and a Thursday or a Tuesday and a Friday. You're not going to do like Saturday, Sunday or Monday, Tuesday to recover from the weekend. It has to be two days a week, not back to back. Or, and and this is a big or, or one day a week you do a 24-hour fast. Again, that's either daily a 12-12, two days a week, not back to back, either a 16-8 or an 18-6 or one day a week only, a 24-hour fast. These are the ones that have been studied. These are the ones that we have seen do very well and have set people up to get the benefits that fasting offers and not have the negative consequences. Again, if you are a good candidate. Now, let's say, you know what? I love fasting. I think this is going to be a good tool in my toolbox. I've done my research. My doctor thinks it would be a good idea for such and such issue. Awesome. Here are five steps for successful intermittent fasting. Grab your paper and notebook. Let's get started. Number one, eat well. Before you start the intermittent fasting journey, your diet every single day needs to be spot on. Intermittent fasting is a health tool. It is not a diet. You need to be eating an anti-inflammatory diet rich in fresh produce, healthy fats, quality protein, and eating minimal to no highly processed foods and junk food 
alcohol, added sugar, all of those things. You need to be eating healthy every single day. If you aren't there yet, go ahead and download my free guide on healthy eating and what that looks like and get started there. And then if you want to schedule a coaching call to figure out how to make this work for you, both of the links for that are in the show notes, okay? But the guide is a great place to start. Okay, so number one is eating well. Number two is detox before you start. Intermittent fasting, when done correctly, will lead to weight loss. And do you know what's stored in your fat cells? Toxins. Adipose tissue is where your body stores environmental toxins. And you can go back and listen to my episode on detox. I cannot remember the number right now. It's just a couple episodes back. And I go into this a bit further. Okay. So adipose tissue is actually an organ system, and this is where your body stores environmental toxins that the body cannot detox out properly quickly, and they don't want them damaging your body, so it moves it into the adipose tissue. When you do intermittent fasting, these toxins will be released, and your body, your liver, your gallbladder, your stomach acid, your bowels, your skin, all of that stuff has to have all the nutrients it needs to function optimally so that we can process out and get those toxins out quickly. All right, number three, avoid sugary treats the day before and the day after your detox. When you are eating a lot of added sugar, it gets your blood sugar going on this roller coaster. It's up and it's down and If you're fasting the next day, you're going to be so much more hungry. And this is going to make fasting much more difficult. And then when you break your fast, because you're so hungry, you're more likely to overeat and eat the wrong kinds of foods, right? So that's why number one is so important. Because if if your diet is not spot on and you're using it as a diet tool, you're just setting yourself up for failure, which mentally is also this game of like, I'm never good at this. Why would I do this? They were all wrong. And again, this is a health tool, right? And if you're using it as like a weight loss tool or a diet, you know, a weight maintenance tool and you're not eating well, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And all your hard work is going to be for naught, right? Like there's no point in that. So, you know, let's say you know you're going to be traveling and you like to stick to your routine, right? Either on your either on that vacation or on that trip or whatever event you're doing, you eat well and abstain from alcohol and sugar and all the treats or you give yourself time post event to get your diet back on track before you resume intermittent fasting. Okay? Number 4, break your fast with fat, fiber, and protein. When it is time for you to eat, the worst thing you can do is like indulge in a sandwich with a bag of chips and a Diet Coke or with a venti Starbucks latte and a turkey wrap, okay? Instead, you need to break it in a way that will keep your blood sugar stable and help you stay satiated. To do that, you need to eat fat, fiber, and protein. So a few examples would be you could break your fast with eggs and sauteed vegetables with maybe some sausage or bacon or something like that. Um, I do have a breakfast guide you can download that gives you a few um, recipes, and I'll have that in the show notes as well. And then last but not least, number five, stay hydrated. 
Staying hydrated will help keep your hunger at bay. And one of the first symptoms of mild dehydration is actually hunger. So if you're already fasting, the last thing you want to do is get dehydrated because then your hunger is going to be even more. And you want to make sure you drink plenty of water the day before, but also during, especially during the times that you're fasting. Um, It helps manage your hunger, like I said, and it also helps get the toxins that are being released out of your body. So it's like two birds with one stone. One guide is to drink half your body weight in ounces. So, you know, I'm 140 pounds. So, you know, divide that in half. What is that? I don't even know. Is that 70? 70 ounces? (laughs) Math is not my strong suit you know, making sure that I get that much per day. I think I drink more than that, but you want to get at least half of your weight. Now, if you do get hungry, coffee, there's one reason why coffee is actually suggested because coffee is an appetite suppressant. So, you know, if you drink coffee, and I'm talking black coffee, not Starbucks, venti, vanilla frop, okay? Um, You can drink plain black coffee and then you can also add MCT oil to it, which can help keep you satisfied until it's time to break your fast. Intermittent fasting is absolutely a tool in the toolbox for health if you are a good candidate for it. And if you follow these five steps, then your fasting will be a great experience and you'll be able to experience all of those benefits that I listed earlier quick review, five steps for successful intermittent fasting, eat well, detox first, make sure your liver has all the nutrients that it needs and you've done an initial process for that before diving into intermittent fasting, making sure that you avoid a lot of sugar and alcohol and things like that the day before and the day after fasting to keep your blood sugar stable so that you have a great experience. And again, you get all the benefits that fasting has to offer. Break your fast with fat, fiber, protein, and stay hydrated. And, you know, make sure that you pick one that fits you. And you can actually go, you can try different methods until you find the one that works for you. If a 12-12 every day works for you, that's awesome. You don't have to torture yourself by doing a 16-8 or an 18-6, right? But let's say that the the two days a week of the shortened time is just easier for you because you don't pay attention to the clock or, you know, your days are all crazy. That's fine too. Or if you have the ability to abstain one day a week for 24 hours, that's awesome. But let's say the 24 hour one stops feeling good. That doesn't mean you have to keep doing it. You can switch to another one or you don't have to do it at all. It's just a tool in the toolbox. There are so many other ways to get healthy and to get benefits that fasting offers as well. Again, not the biggest fan of intermittent fasting just because most people do it wrong. But if you're going to do it, do it right and do it well. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help others find it by leaving a review, sharing a screenshot on social media, or sharing the link with a friend? By you sharing what you've learned, others are able to find this podcast and join our community. Be sure to check out my website, www.roadtolivingwhole.com for over 160 delicious recipes, a variety of meal plans, and a blog packed full of even more healthy living tips. 
If you'd like to learn more about how to work with me as your coach, you can schedule a free consult through www.roadtolivingwhole.com backslash health dash coaching backslash. Until next time, friend. Bye.